Good morning. Turn to John chapter 5 as we continue our journey through the Gospel of John. As you turn there, I want to uh, make you aware of a couple things. Next Sunday, we'll begin our Christmas celebration here at White. We're kind of early on the decorations. Um, but uh, next week, we'll begin our Christmas celebration. We're actually going to be staying in the Gospel of John, but we're going to be returning back to John chapter 1 and kind of taking some more time uh, with those amazing verses of, of life and light coming into our world as we uh, get our hearts prepared uh, to celebrate the coming of Christ into our world. And uh, second, uh, it's not in the bulletin, but the Beast Feast for our men is happening tonight. Uh, it'll begin at 5 p.m., and that is an opportunity for you to show off your skills as a hunter and a cooker, right? And so... Uh, and if that's not your thing, you could run out to the grocery store and pick up something that comes in saran wrap. Uh, that We're not going to turn that away either. Uh, or you can fix a side or a dessert. Uh, I'm very, very excited about this meeting. Dustin Wisely from over at First Baptist in Magnolia, a guy who I've wanted to have here at Wyatt for a while, a great friend of mine, is going to be, uh, be bringing the word to us and talking about, about, uh, to us about the importance of being men of the word and uh, you will not want to you do not want to miss Dustin uh, just a great friend a great preacher uh, as well as we will also uh, be hearing uh, from our uh, couple of men that vacationed last week in Cuba vacationed uh, for the Lord uh, in Cuba and they'll be bringing a uh, preliminary report uh, to us as the men and we uh, as a church look forward to, to hearing more about that uh, in the weeks ahead, it sounds like they had an amazing trip. But please, men, uh, be here at 5 p.m. this evening, uh, ready to eat, ready to enjoy uh, time and uh, fellowship as men. So John chapter 5, verses 30 through 47, we want to talk about Jesus's witnesses uh, this morning as we look at, continue to look at Jesus on trial. Verse 30, it says this, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I received is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you are, were, were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works of the Father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness to me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life, and it is they, who be, they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people. But I know that you do not have the love of God within you. 
I have come in my Father's name, and you do not receive me. If anyone comes to his own name, uh, in his own name, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you, will, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my word? So, grabbing once again the context of what's happening here is, Jesus went to a pool, he healed a man uh, that had been crippled for 38 years of his life, and he told him, pick up your mat. And this became a huge controversy because it was the Sabbath. You weren't supposed to carry things on the Sabbath. And so they began to question Jesus about his authority. And basically, Jesus does not back down. He basically, I mean, he says that I and the Father are one, that we are working together, and, and that they get very uh, irritated about him making himself equal to God. And then he just keeps on keeping on. Make it, last week we looked at the claims that he made, that yes, it's me, I am the Son of God. And in, this, in our context this morning, we see what he does is, is he calls witnesses. Okay, he's made claims, so we kind of see that this kind of is going in kind of a courtroom type setting. He's made, they made charges, he made claims, and now he's going to call witnesses to back up the claims that he has made. But make no mistake, it's not, it's not necessary for Jesus to back himself up right now. We know this in, uh, in a few chapters later in John 8, 17, it says this, Jesus says this, he says, In your law it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And so Jesus says in John, later in John chapter 8, you need no other testimony. I need no other authority but this, my word and the word of my Father. I need no other witnesses. And yet, Jesus, in His condescension, in His caring love for humanity, is going to play by rules that He doesn't have to play by. That's essentially what He's doing here when he calls these witnesses, this is caring condescension. He's going to play by rules. He doesn't have to. to, to and in this, the context of the verse, this verse, he says, so you might be saved. So you might understand that I really am who I say I am. We see first the testimony of the Father in verse 32. It says, there is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. It, never, it doesn't mention the Father by name. Later in verse 37, it does. He says, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. This is the first witness that Jesus calls to the stand, so to speak. We know that the very, from the very beginning of Christ's ministry, we see the Father giving testimony that He is proud, that He loves the Son, that He accepts the Son's work. We see this at His baptism 
It says, And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. In verse, uh, verse 17, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. At his baptism, the Father shows up and audibly, so the people that are there in attendance audibly reveals that this is my son. I am well pleased with him. And we know that, that God the Father gives testimony to the son time and time again in the, in the heart of the individual. In John's letter, okay, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 9. It says this about the testimony of the Father. It says, If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that He has borne concerning His Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in Himself. Whoever does not believe God has made Him a liar because He has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning His Son. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. So in that moment, folks, in that moment of, of your conversion, if you've been converted to Christ, that moment where in your spirit you just you see Christ and He becomes beautiful. You see Christ and you believe. You say, yes, yes, Jesus was the Son of God. That is the Father's testimony through the Spirit in your heart where you know God, not in an audible way, but in your heart of hearts, you know that the message you're hearing preached, the message that the, the testimony you're hearing from your parents or through your friend, you say, yes. You know that the Father is confirming in your heart the identity of His Son. So Jesus is saying here, my Father, time both in my baptism and time and time again in the hearts of, of, of the people reveal testimony that I am who I say I am. We also see the testimony of John the Baptist in verse 30, 33. It says, You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth, not that the testimony that I received is from man, but I say these things that you may be saved. So again, he's saying, Hey, you don't, I don't have to give you this testimony because I can just give you my testimony. But he's in, in love so that they might see. He's, he's giving them testimony. In verse 35, he was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. And so Jesus says, you, you people, you came to John in the wilderness. And here he points out that, hey, you liked John the Baptist. John the Baptist was very popular. It calls him here a burning and shining light. You rejoiced in his light. And at this point, it's, uh, Jesus starts uh, speaking in the past tense of John's ministry. So 
Uh, John is either in jail or has already been executed, John the Baptist. And he says, he says you, you ask him who he was. Do you remember that? Do you remember that they sent out a delegation because of John's popularity? And they begin to ask him, hey, are you the Messiah? Are you a prophet? Who are you? And John's very clear. I am not the Messiah, but there's one among you who is. He gives testimony concerning Christ. This is what John said to them back in John 1.26. I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. And we know that the very next day, as Christ comes to John, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus is saying, you folks, you were all about John. You loved John. And John said of me that I am who I'm saying that I am, and that's the Son of God, the Lamb of God. And so Jesus says, you also have the testimony of of John. Either if you guys think John's great, either John wasn't great because he lied, or I am who I, said, who I say that I am because John said that about me. He said the same thing that I'm saying. We also see uh, next, he calls to the stand, uh, not a person, but his works. The testimony of his works in verse 36, it says, But the testimony that, that I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I'm doing Bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. So Jesus says, as great as John's testimony was, it doesn't hold a candle to my works to just look around and see what I'm doing. There's past works that they can look at. We know that back in chapter 3, verse 2, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and what does he say? He says, no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. So Nicodemus knew. He said, I've been watching you. I've been watching what you're doing, and no one can do those things unless they're from God. So Jesus has these past works. He says, hey, look at my past works. He has current works. He says, the very works that I am doing, that I'm currently doing. I mean, think about this. I mean, there's a guy... probably standing over here who's been crippled for 38 years and he's walking around carrying his mat and they're over there going, you aren't who you say you are. It makes no sense. They're, they're, They're blind to what's right there in front of him. But also Jesus is referring to all of his works. Look at it. He says, for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish. So he's pointing out the works that I'm going to do. Everything, absolutely everything that the Father assigned the Son to do, He would accomplish. We know this by Christ's final words on the cross. John 19.30, When Jesus had received the sour wine, He said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. What's finished? The works. 
every single work that was to be done, it was accomplished. If Christ had in disobedience done a work that the Father had forbidden, He would have failed in His mission. If He had in disobedience refused to do a work that the Father had assigned Him, He would have again failed in His mission. His perfect works testify to His true identity. I love Jesus' confidence here. To already be referring to, hey, everything that the Father has given me to accomplish, I'm going to accomplish. We all know that, that George Bush, he got in a little trouble politically because he went to an aircraft carrier uh, uh, during the uh, Iraqi war and, and there was a banner that said mission accomplished and turns out there were still a lot of things that needed to be done. And so... His opponents used that against him, saying he jumped the gun. Okay, The mission was not yet accomplished, and he was saying that it was. We see here Jesus, in absolute confidence, unfurls the banner and says, Hey, I am who I say I am because I'm going to do everything that I'm supposed to do. That's confidence. Confidence that only the Son of God could have. We see here also the testimony of the Scriptures. He says in verse 39 and 40, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. So Jesus says, hey, the Scriptures bear witness about me. It is the, the, he is the seed in Genesis that crushes the serpent. He is the lamb provided in Isaac's place. He is the Passover lamb of Exodus. He is the bronze serpent cure that is lifted up in the wilderness. He is the suffering servant in Isaiah 53. He is there throughout the Old Testament. I love, uh, I, I, I think it was a children's Bible I read once, but it, it says... Every story whispers His name. That's what Jesus is essentially saying here. All that you have, the Scriptures that you have before Me, we know that at one, moment, at one, one time Jesus took out the scrolls and, and, he, and He taught them concerning Himself from the Scriptures. The Scriptures, all of the Scriptures whisper of His coming. And He's saying, you folks are missing it. You've searched the Scriptures and you've missed the main point, and that is my coming. And we see that he calls Moses, the testimony of Moses. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? And, and the reality is, man, they saw their hope in the law of Moses, right? That uh, Moses is whom God gave them the law through. And, and I think that's what this is talking about here. It's talking about, hey, you're big on the law, and you think 
to think that you're keeping the law, but they're not keeping the law. He's saying you're not even listening to Moses whom you say your hope is in. Your hope is in the law and you're failing every day to keep the law. That's what the Sermon on the Mount was all about. is that, that Jesus setting the record straight and saying you're not law keepers. You're breaking the law constantly. You can't put your hope in the law because you are a law breaker. He says you, you haven't really, you say you believe, you say you believe the law of Moses, but you're not keeping the law of Moses. And so I want you to think with me this morning, what is your testimony concerning Jesus? Because right? this crowd that we can kind of Say they're acting as a jury, and they're looking at the claims of Christ, they're looking at the witnesses of Christ, and, and by Jesus' condemnation of them, we see their rejection of Christ. So I want to kind of revisit each of these and see how they rejected these witnesses. In verse 37 and 38, says this, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe in the one whom he has sent. And so concerning the testimony of his Father, Jesus is saying, you don't know my Father, because you don't know me, you've rejected me, therefore you've rejected the Father. And you have rejected my father as a witness. You, you give lip service, you think you're his child, but you're not because I, his son's standing in front of you and you are rejecting him. We see that they have rejected the, the testimony of John. Verse 35, he was a burning and shining lamp and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. And so what Jesus is saying here is that when it came to John, you thought he was great for a while. You listened to this man preach, and you were very interested in what he had to say. You were very, very close. I, I kind of look at this person as, uh, as the, in the parable of the sower, those who who kind of hear the word and they, they spring up real fast and man, it looks like they're interested in the right things and it looks like they've received the word of God. But in reality, the, the cares of the world will choke that progress out. And I think that's what, what Jesus is saying here. Hey, you, you went a little ways with John. You were impressed with John. But the minute John started giving testimony about me, you said, no. That's too far. I don't want to believe in this Christ. They had rejected his works. And he says in verse 38, You do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. I mean, we see in the very context of what this fight is all about is, is them rejecting a work. Right? A work of healing of a man 
lame for 38 years. And in this context, they will not receive this work. They won't. Because they say he broke the Sabbath. And they don't want to receive. They don't want to see what's right in front of them. And very condemning here is how they've rejected the Scriptures. It says in verse 39, You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. This is very convicting, I think. It should be. Because Jesus is saying, you search the Scriptures. You are people of the Word. You have the Pharisees that are interpreting the law for you. You have the scribes who are just sticklers of copying and making the Word available. You have, you have the Word. You, you search the Scriptures. Okay? It says the, these are people that when it comes January, they go through even through February in Leviticus. They make it through Leviticus. As so many of us chicken out sometimes on our Bible reading plans. They go through it. They're sticklers about reading the Bible every year and, and being very careful at, at, at memorizing Scripture even. They were possibly Awana kids that just took all kinds of Scripture in and memorized it. And yet, even though it says that they searched the Scriptures, it says they don't know me. So you don't know me. The script, very Scriptures that you know that reveal me you have not received me in them. Folks, we cannot be saved by the Bible. We are saved by receiving the testimony of the Word of God into our lives. Believing it. It's not just about receiving it. Or it's not just about reading it. It's not about memorizing it. It's about truly knowing that it's the truth and by receiving the Christ that is declared in them. And in Moses it says, but if you do not believe His writings, how will you believe my words? And I think this is an extension of that testimony of the Scriptures that hey, Moses didn't just give you the law, He gave you testimony about me and you're missing it and so i want to ask you this morning what's your testimony concerning him jesus is very clear that he's talking to a group of people and though they had they knew the scriptures and though they had seen signs and though they claimed to know the Father, these people were rejecting the Son, and therefore, they did not have eternal life. He says, you won't come to me to receive eternal life. Hey, if there's anyone here who can say this morning, you know, I... 
kind of know the scriptures, been in church all my life. I've kind of called God my father. Um, I've seen things in my life that give testimony, but I've never, I've never truly received that. Never truly, truly received Christ. Never come to Christ. Never trusted in Him for everything. I've continued to trust in the law or my own performance. No, you've got to trust in the testimony that Christ was who He said He was, that He did everything, that He obeyed perfectly, that He, he died on the cross for your sins. If you would trust that testimony, you can be saved this morning. And Christian, I would ask you, are you that witness that you need to be? Are you someone that's going to the stand every day to proclaim to the world that Christ is who He said He is? He is who He said He was. This, this week, a uh, young man went into a tribal people to try to give them the gospel, and he was cut down. You know, it used to be that, that those people were held up as heroes. Those were people that we looked at people like Jim Elliott and said, man, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Many missionaries throughout time have received hero burials as soldiers of the cross and seems like this week everyone's just calling this guy a fool, even a lot of Christians. How far are we fallen? How far are we fallen? Maybe he was careless, maybe, maybe he was a little unsafe. But man, to be called a fool for the gospel, what a honor. Let us be all, let us be those who, man, if this is real, if this is real, if, if what we are reading of Christ's testimony is real, let's live like it. Let's go out into our world and bear witness concerning the amazing Christ who gives eternal life. Let's be fools. Let's be fools to be witnesses for Christ. I'm going to ask you to please stand as our musicians come. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank You for Christ. Thank You for the testimony of Christ that's brought to us through Scriptures, through John the Baptist. God, through your spirit, confirming in our spirit that Christ is Lord. God, help us. God, if there's anyone here who doesn't know you, who has not come to you for through your Son for eternal life, God, I pray that they would respond. And God, I pray that we would all be serious about being witnesses that proclaim your amazing truths to the world concerning your Son. 
In Jesus' name I pray.